Hey everybody, it is Lake in Love with What's Shaking with Lakin. I know it's very soon that I'm doing another episode, but I am trying to stay on top of my game and record on Monday nights so you all have a show on Tuesday. Because Monday is the only night that I have to get off work and work out and come home. So here we are. I don't have a, I can't say cue the intro because I don't have an intro yet, but we are not done. And that is something I will be working on in the next coming weeks. Schedule is about to get a little busy. So until then, you'll just be hearing me say, hey, y'all. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started with the um, show. First up, I have Petty Trains in my neighborhood. We have a open chat group on Facebook and everybody complains about everything. Some is like, oh, my dog's missing or, oh, this was stolen off my porch. You know, typical neighbor shit. So when you live in a neighborhood or you, whether you rent or you buy, there are things that are in this neighborhood that has been here longer than you've ever been there and will still be there after you're gone and the trains are one of them I get it you know you live you you hate when they come through at odd hours of the night and um odd hours of the early morning I I I do I do empathize with you but that is their job <laughs> And every time somebody's like, oh, my God, the train woke me up this morning. I'm like, I didn't hear a thing. And I never hear the trains. Um, sometimes they're, the trains have come at 1.30. Sometimes they've come at 3. Usually if I hear them, I'm either coming home and I'm like, oh, is that the train? And I just keep it moving because I'm from the, I'm from the country. Like, trains are my life. That's all I know. Um, and, I, and I sleep right through them because I, I seriously think I could – sleep through anything, an atomic bomb. I mean, I, I, I'm just dead when I go to sleep. But um, it's just so funny to hear people. And I think now that somebody's created a website for people to put in their um, complaints about the train being too loud and stuff, somebody, one of the conductors has been very petty lately because this morning around 10 when the train came, he laid on the horn and I felt the pettiness from the amount of weight he put on that horn when it came through because that horn blew for about two or three blocks and I woke up and I was like yes wake them up <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody complained about it today but I was, I was I was in a good mood I was like yes you know we let's be petty sometimes, people. You know, you'll feel so much better. Just get it out your system. That conductor was tired of y'all complaining. He's like, I have a job to do. I have a place to be at a certain time. It affects money. We got to get there. So if you hate me blowing on your horn, here you go. You're welcome. <laughs> so next up, um, one thing that has been going on is Someone posted on Facebook saying that there was a person riding around in the Starland area with an assault rifle hanging out of the car and pointing it at random cars. 
Um, I don't know quite how I feel about that, but since that post was made yesterday morning, I didn't see it till this evening. Um, I, I feel that this is just an assumption. I mean, I really don't know what happened, but this could have been geared toward the shooting that happened last night. I feel, you know, maybe, I don't know, that person could have possibly been looking for that person all day. And they found their targets that night because there was a shooting last night and um, a car was shot up and three people were shot. One ended up succumbing to their injuries, which is very sad to hear about it and prayers go out to the family. But sometimes we have to be careful how we post things. Um, We don't want any type of vigilante justice happening or sometimes things can be misstrewed and get out of hand and especially with people who are moving into the neighborhoods or people who are not from Savannah, who are visiting, seeing these kind of posts can kind of create a paranoia, which is great to be informed. It's great to know, but hopefully, you know, the, the cops have been informed and um, there you got a tag number or something so we can, uh, actually thrive in this city and violence is going to happen. That's something that's never going to stop. It happens in major cities. So, um, let's just, I just feel we should be more cautious in the way we post things. Um, and it is scary. If you see somebody hanging out of a car with a assault rifle, you're like, what the hell is going on? And I will tell you for one, I would call the police. Like <laughs> it's no point and no doubt about it. But, um, just like another, scenario happened where one night I got home around that'd be like I think it was close to 4 a.m came home crap no that'd be like 2 30 in the morning came home crashed I was probably asleep like an hour and some change and I heard this slight tapping at my door uh I thought I was dreaming at first so I you know just I didn't wake up fully, but then my dogs, Chanel started going crazy and I sat up and it's just that tap again. Somebody's tapping at the door, talking about somebody's heart racing. So I got up quietly and, um, the first instinct was like bang back on the door. Like, who the fuck is this at my door? Like, why are you knocking at my door at 4am? Cause number one, I don't have business hours that late. And I was knocked out, so once I get to sleep and I'm woken up suddenly, I am angry. The next thing was to grab a knife. <laughs> be like, who is this? But I was like, nope, I'm just going to be quiet. Let them knock. They weren't trying to break in. Um, they kept it moving. So that following Sunday, I talked to my neighbor, and she was like, yeah, I thought, you know, she's like, I heard somebody knocking at your door. I saw this drunk guy. Um... I think he sort of saw me, so I closed my blinds back, and she was like, I was going to call the police, but he left. And I was like, it's fine. Um, So I don't have people in my door, so I'm not going to open my door, but it'd be nice to have one. And uh, my landlord was like, oh, just, you know, call the police, call non-emergency, file a report. I was like, well, I don't really have a report to file because they only knocked at the door, and maybe they were drunk. They thought they were at this house and somehow they ended up at my door, which to get to my door, you really have to want to come to my door because you have to come up a big porch and come all the way around. So 
sun um also that Sunday I went somewhere and came back and my neighbor across the street came over. He was like, Oh my god, I just wanna apologize. You know, that was me knocking at your door. My friends and I were coming home from the bar. Everybody was drunk and we noticed that somebody has smashed the pumpkins off your front porch onto the sidewalk and onto your truck. Smashing pumpkins, yes, that's that is what I said. So he's like, I just wanted to let you know in case you had some damage. And the guys across the other guys across the way came over and picked all the pumpkin shit up and put it in the trash. Very nice of them. And this all happened before I even woke up on like Saturday or what have you. Um and I was like, oh, well, I appreciate you telling me this. You know, I happened to look down at the truck at the same time. I saw pumpkin residue. I saw some pumpkin residue and seeds. And I was like, oh, somebody did smash pumpkins on my car. But uh, I appreciated him doing that. And I got also got to meet my new neighbor. So I always make sure I know everybody in the neighborhood. Like, if I know everybody when you're on my block, we're good. Which I pretty much mostly know everybody. So um, always know your neighbors. Always be aware of your surroundings. Um, my street is one of those streets where you get transients who are coming through and everybody's just like, be careful. And I, I am careful because I come home all times of night and it really doesn't bother me. I don't have a fear. I mean, before I get out of my car, I check all my windows. I look up and down the street before I get out. And I take, if I have my headphones in, I make sure I take one off before I get out. Safety is my priority. <laughs> then I make sure I get up my steps. I look behind me. I'm in the house. So um, that just, it just bothered me today when I heard about someone saying somebody was hanging out of the car with an assault rifle. Jesus Christ. Um, but my neighbor has a friend who's on SPD that does patrol in the area and he has been informed. So that's one more thing to keep our neighborhood safe. Um, on to the next thing. Next month, there will be a, um, suicide prevention workshop at the Frank G. Murray Community Center on Wilmington Island. This workshop is two days. It's January 9th and 10th from, um, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's called Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. Um, abbreviated as ASSIST. It is a two-day interactive workshop in suicide first aid. ASSIST teaches participants to recognize when someone may have thoughts of suicide and work with them to create a plan that will support their safety. Anyone who interacts with individuals who have thoughts of suicide will benefit from this skills-based workshop. Um, I think this is a great tool to... Um, to um, provide to people because th uh, even though it's next month, this time of year is the suicide rates peak and um, holiday depression is real. And there are just some people who are going through things that feel they've come to the end of their ropes or they feel they've dug a hole that they can't get out of. And it's just great to possess these tools for someone in case a friend is going through someone, um, going through something, or a coworker, or what have you, um, it, and and it's it's quite. Even though when you lose someone it is a tragedy itself, but someone taking their own life can um, create a a deeper stain 
to a loved one when they were just looking for someone to help them. So once again, this will be the um, suicide prevention workshop at Frank G. Murray Community Center. This is at 125 Wilmington Island Road in Savannah. So um, check that out. I will post a link about that. So I am going to sort of transition the suicide talk to a movie I watched yesterday. Um, I'm just going to give a disclaimer that I am a huge horror movie fan. I love horror movies. It's just like, what's the next movie going to be? Is it going to be scary? Am I going to guess the plot before it is? I guess it's more of the the seek and thrill of wanting to be scared. <laughs> so, Midsummer. Let's talk about this movie. Um, it was who heavy. <laughs> it was a heavy movie. Um, so the movie begins. This girl's fighting with her sister, who's also fighting with their parents. And she was like, I'm done. I'm ready to end it and say goodbye. So the girl's calling her parents, and she leaves a voicemail. Okay, the first thing that triggered me was you call their house phone, and their voice, their phone, the house phone rang, and the voicemail came on in the bedroom. I was like, oh, God, the sisters done killed them. So you're trying to, like, watch to see if they're breathing or they're just sleeping. Maybe they took their ambient and went to sleep or something. So she's trying to email her sisters, like, oh, let's meet up. We're all meeting up soon, blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk things out. Uh, so she calls her boyfriend. Her boyfriend sounds like he's not interested in seeing her that night. And turns out he's really on the verge of breaking up with her. And he knows how her sister is. And she goes through these, you know, bits of rage. And then she calms back down. He's like, there's no need to worry. You've seen this pattern before. Uh, she was like, you're right. You know, I'm going to see you later. I love you. Bye. So his friends are like, yo, you need to drop that. Like, you, she's fucking crazy. Uh, he's like, I don't want to do it. You know, I don't want to leave her because I'm afraid if I lose her, I won't get her back. So she calls back. She's screaming in the phone. So it pans to the next scene. The, the firefighters are there. The police are there at her parents' house. Her sister has turned on both cars in the garage and taken hoses and linked the... Um, the, the exhaust pipes together to create a funnel to go all the way upstairs into the office where she was typing to her sister and she um, taped, duct taped the funnel to her face to kill herself. That is a little extreme for a suicide scene to me because I'm like, why didn't you just sit in the car in the garage? So she was trying to save her parents by duct taping ceiling, quote unquote, off the room so they wouldn't die from the carbon monoxide poisoning. <coughs> but of course... That is a gas that is leaking into their um, room because, hello, central heat and air, but movie magic at its best. So this girl has lost her whole family. So as months go by, she left school to take a year off, 
still with the boyfriend. He's checking on her. He goes to a party. She pulls herself together and goes to the party. They're talking about um, doing a thesis in Sweden with one of their Swedish um, student friends in their class. And they're like, oh, we're going to this hippie festival and we're going to have some fun on the farm and do drugs, blah, blah, blah. So the boyfriend's like, well, I don't know if I'm going or not. And she's like, oh, my God, when is it? He's like, oh, it's in two weeks. He had already bought a ticket. He was trash. He didn't tell her. It's like, how do you expect to fly off to Sweden for two weeks and not tell your girlfriend? But anyways. So all of a sudden she ends up, but he, he's like, you should come. So she goes to Sweden. They get off the plane. They drive out to the, the commune that he lives on. First off, if anybody tells me they live on a commune, I'm highly suspicious of you. So they get to the commune and um, they get dropped off at one point and then they have to walk the rest of the way. So now they're about to do some type of drug trip. So you see all these people dancing and singing and playing instruments and wearing white, all white. So you're like, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, so they've done this trip and um, this, ac- I guess, an acid trip, I guess. So then they walk there and these people are very weird. They're very, it's like they look like they came off the mountain from where Heidi was. And uh, they start their ritual, which is they have a big festival every 90 years or something like that. And they, as the earth gives to them, so they give back to the earth. Um, There's different realms of where women choose um, their partners. And this is about to be very... um, very descriptive so if you're not for gore or uh bodily talk you can go ahead and skip through this part but the women if they find a guy that they want they bake this pie so she has to uh cut off pieces of her pubes and drip her menstrual blood into this pie that you bake I can't make this shit up. Um, and then to keep, and one question they asked, which I'm glad they asked this because most people forget to ask this. The girl was like, well, how do you keep populating without it being incest? And I was like, finally, somebody asked this question. I'm good. And they were like, well, um, they, Usually we bring outsiders in. I was like, oh, they're trapped. That's all it is. The movie's over. It's like they brought y'all in to either sacrifice you or mate with them and you can't go home. This is it. I already, I already figured it out. So um, they had, and the, the children of incest, which I, I suppose there's only one that, um, that one child born of incest because that person is the oracle, the the one who talks directly to God to tell if they're going to have a bountiful harvest and all this stuff. So the movie is really weird. I'm going to stop there discussing it because it, it goes deeper and deeper and you're just like, what the hell did I just watch? So check out Midsummer, and I'm going to let that segue into my next, um, 
my next uh, movie I wanted to discuss. As a horror fanatic, you're always looking for the next thrill. Uh, a few years back, my friends and I, I lived in a house full of, full of guys, so I'm very hardened. <laughs> I'm sorry, I talk like a dude. When you listen to this podcast, you may hear me say some things and be like, oh my God, Lake, I don't know you like this. This is me. <laughs> On my own time. But um, we went to this comic book convention in Atlanta and we, one of my friends, he loves comic books, anything Avengers, Marvel related. So he's, he has started picking up on his comic book um, collection and I was just there, you know, asking questions and you realize a lot of these guys are very nerdy and they know their shit. So when you start talking to them, asking questions, they're just like, oh, word vomit. They're just talking, talking, talking. You're like, oh, okay. So we end up meeting Raven. I'm sorry if I hit my microphone. We ended up meeting Raven the wrestler, which is pretty cool. You're like, oh my God, this is an icon from my childhood, which I didn't watch wrestling that much, but I knew who he was. But the guys were just like tripping because Raven was there. Raven was grumpy that day, but he was very nice to me. He didn't want to take a picture with us, but he did. But I was sort of like the buffer between the guys. It was hilarious. So we ended up meeting um, the zombies from The Walking Dead. Nobody knows what they look like in real life, but they had their pictures. And you're like, oh, okay, that's you. All right. So we took pictures with them. And they were like being really creepy and stuff. I have to find those pictures. Somebody has those pictures somewhere. Um, Then we ended up seeing a flyer for Days of the Dead convention which is usually late January, early February in um, Atlanta. So this was the first year of the Days of the Dead Convention. I want to say it was like 2012. Um, So we're like, okay, bet. We're going to put it on the calendar. So I did my research. I learned how to do special effects makeup. I did Goodwill shopping for everybody because I was like, we're going to come in as a force. They were having a masquerade ball that night, a a costume ball, whatever you want to call it. So we go, we hit the road, we get there. I forget the Peachtree Road. There are many Peachtree Roads in Atlanta. So it was like an over an hour commute to get to the hotel. that, From our hotel to the hotel that the um, convention was being held at. So we get there, we see all these people. We're like, okay, first person I run into. If you know Savannah and you have karaoke at McDonough's, you know who Perry is, who used to run karaoke at McDonough's for the longest. So run into Perry there. And my friends always pick on me because they're like, like, you can't go anywhere without running into somebody you know. This is true. I ran into Perry. So after that, we go back. We did some errands because we had to grab some stuff, some last minute supplies for our costumes. So we get back to the hotel. We put down like plastic everywhere because I was, we were working with blood. We didn't want to look like a crime scene or get charged for our room. Uh, I will post a picture on my was shaking page from that. But, um, we were, I was like, we're going to be zombie tourists. So I had a straw hat. I dripped with blood, this wig. I like ratted up with rollers in it. We, it was the work. So when we showed back up for the masquerade ball, people were taking pictures with us. They thought we were some type of celebrities. Mind you, we were a big group of black people, almost the 
only black people there. There were like a few others, <laughs> but we were like the hard crew that were came to party and everybody was taking pictures with us. Um, then we went to the party and we met, um, I think the guy who played Jason was there, if I'm not mistaken, or was it Halloween? I don't remember, but one of them was there. So they had a Halloween contest and all this stuff. And we met this weird chick and I don't know if she took something, but she was dancing with all of us and she was trying to make out with all of us. I don't know if that type of shit just goes down at conventions like that, but <laughs> it was super weird. And we were talking about it. He's like, man, that girl was trying to give me, I was like, yeah, she was giving me those vibes too. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Weird things at conventions. So, <laughs> so after that, we met a British, a British guy we saw on the poster. We're like, oh my God, that's the dude from the um, movie that's premiering here. So, they, they show movies all day and they have panels, discussion panels, um, all day. So like Roddy Piper was there and then you meet all kind of people from movies, from cult movies from the eighties, Roach from people on the stairs was there. Elvira was there. <laughs> Elvira. Oh my God. Um, the catch is you have to pay a ton of money to take pictures with these people. That's how they make their money at conventions. I need a convention. Um, was Sid Haig there? I want to say Sid Haig was there. I don't, it was so long ago, I don't remember, but we befriended the guy. They were premiering Human Centipede 2. I'm going to stop there and give you a brief synopsis on Human Centipede if you've never seen it. Human Centipede is a movie about a, um, a prestigious surgeon who successfully um, separated conjoined twins. That was his whole career. So after retiring, he was tired of, you know, separating twins. He wanted to, his next, he wanted to join things together. So he did that with his Rockwellers and they happened to live for X amount of time, whatever. But long story short, he ended up kidnapping three people and he made his own human centipede. It's gruesome because is gruesome and clean at the same time because he was a doctor. He had a sterile operating room. He knew what he was doing. So, as I said before, we befriended the star of Human Centipede too, so we thought it was going to be kind of like that. We hadn't watched the previews or anything. We just went in there blind. So that night, the next night, they premiered it. We were so excited. Well, uh, the half our crew left and went back to the hotel, but me and Britt stuck it through. So we started watching this movie. Mind you, we've been drinking with this man. We've been talking shit with this man. Like this man was literally our family that weekend. We watch Human Centipede 2. He is, his character is um, mentally challenged. He has some issues at, from rape as a child, uh, abuse of all kinds. So he works in a parking garage. And he's obsessed. All he does is sit in the garage, let people in and out, get cussed at. He watches Human Centipede all day. And then he goes home and he watches it all day. He decides one day that he's going to make his own Human Centipede. The largest Human Centipede. So he kidnaps like 20-something people. 
including a pregnant woman. When the pregnant woman was kidnapped, we were like, oh my God, he's, she had a child with her in her car too. She had a toddler. But the next scene pans over, she left, he left the chick kid. We were like, whoo, okay. <laughs> but as he starts making his human centipede chain, mind you, he's not a doctor. He is someone with um, serious issues and mental um, disabilities. It is gruesome. That is, I'm going to stop there explaining that. If you want to watch it, watch it. But as I said before, we were at a horror convention. People started leaving this horror convention. Um, we, oh my God. The guy was like, so was, then they had a discussion panel and people were just like sick. <laughs> people were sick after watching that. So they had a panel. It was a good discussion. Um, then we had to go on about our lives for that night and it was just stuck. And I, I haven't watched Human Centipede 3. I was like, this is just too much for me. Um, but we saw the guy and he's like, what'd you think of the movie? We were like, oh, it was, it was interesting. We never hung with that man. We avoided him the rest of the weekend. It was that, it was hard to separate the character from the actor. Our friendship was done. He was no longer part of our family. We moved on with our lives. <laughs> But as I said, this podcast is about randomness and that is one of the random tales of my life. So next up, let's talk about cocktails. It is the holiday season. As you get this, it will be um, Tuesday. So happy Christmas Eve to all of you. Hope you're all having a wonderful day of either resting up, cooking, getting last minute Christmas gifts, working, whatever it is you're doing, I hope you're all enjoying yourselves. Um, if you want, to, if you're in town and you want to know what's going on, there will be a few places open tomorrow night. I'm pretty sure all the bars are open. I'm playing at Peacock tomorrow, nine to midnight. So if you want to come see me, come on down to 37 Whitaker. We're right below Flock to the Walk. You can take the alley. You'll see the Peacock Lounge um, glass door. Go down the stairs. I'll be there. But if you're in the Starland area, visit Lone Wolf Lounge. They will have holiday specials all week. And I just want to um, go through the cocktails that they have on their holiday menu. They have a drink called Highway to the Manger Zone. Highway to the Manger Zone. <laughs> um, it is what is it? Revving up your engine, listen to a howling roar. A special toddy of pineapple infused rum sage. I think that's how it goes. I'm not sure. But it says, revving up your engine, listen to a howling roar. A special toddy of pineapple infused rum sage and wondrous warming spices. Gonna take you right into the manger zone. It's hilarious. Next is the Nakatomi Mommy. It's a pina colada variation. This pina colada variation will interrupt your holiday party with an unexpectedly German twist of coffee and herbs. Hashtag die hard. Clean coal. This contemplative sipper of smoky single malt and sooty blackstrap rum knows who's been good for goodness sake. And lastly, I think this is my favorite um, one. 
which I should pop in there tonight and get one. One horse sleigh in a one horse town. An extraordinary seasonal Tom Collins made with Meyer lemons from our neighborhood and old Tom Jen from Copper and Kings. Um, this, really Chanel? <laughs> but um, this um, holiday menu sounds like it is everything. So be sure to check out Lone Wolf Lounge, which is on Lincoln Street. Let me give you the exact address. That is 2429 Lincoln Street. If you're familiar where Picker, Picker Joe's is, the antique mall is literally across the street. Um, can't miss it. Great drinks, cool atmosphere. You'll love it. Uh, next up is... If you come to Peacock Lounge this week, ask for the Coquitos. Coquitos is a Puerto Rican beverage that is typically made with rum, sweetened condensed milk, coconut milk, coconut cream, and often additional spices that is traditionally consumed during Christmas season. Um, Coquito pretty much means little coconut. It is delicious. The first time I had Coquitos was actually when I was in Puerto Rico for a gig, and they were giving out samples at the... Um, at the liquor store. <laughs> and as once again, I'm one of those people who will go to a liquor store and get samples because that happened to me in Augusta once. Yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> coquitos are delicious. It is the Puerto Rican version of eggnog. If you like eggnog, if you like toast intolerant, take your pills. But go down there. Mark gave me amazing coquito last night at Peacock Lounge. So check out the coquitos at Peacock Lounge, 37 Whitaker right below Flocks of the Walk. Um, so I want to throw in one food of the week that um, you should try out as well in your merriment this week. Uh, the Savoy Society is a new bar that has opened at 102 East Liberty Street. If you're familiar where the Drayton Towers are, is located, um, it is so cute. It used to be in Vino, what is it? Um, in Vino Veritas. It used to be the wine bar. I'm not a wine person, so I really can't speak on how in Vino Veritas was. But I'm very happy to know that the um, Savoy Society is there now. When you walk in, you feel like you've transported back to the set of Golden Girls. They have um, rattan furniture with the the um, the colorful uh, seats. Like Golden Girls. I mean, like you're out on the lanai. They have the floor model TV that they've transitioned into a digital aquarium. All of their music's played on vinyl. The, the craft cocktails there are, are amazing. I say amazing all the time because I, it's just that good. Warren is one hell of a bartender. I met him when he first moved to Savannah and was setting up um, Congress Street Up. And now he's at Savoy Society. I really give it to Savannah bartenders. In the past year, few years, they have um, upped their game for um, creating the craft cocktail scene. I, I really want to give that as a part of um, the growth of the Savannah Food and Wine Festival, which I'm going to talk about that another day on another podcast because I'm, I'm already getting beyond my parameters now. But... Um, they, it's a talent. Like it's not something everybody, everybody can do. And Savoy 
Congress Street Up, Peacock, um, who else? Uh, it just left my head. Give me a minute. But any hotels with, um, craft cocktails, oh, it's going to come back to me one day. I will talk about that in another podcast as well, but, um, yeah, check it out. But I wasn't talking about the drinks necessarily at Savoy Society, which those are good too. Don't get me wrong, but they have, um, a very distinguished food menu and one in particular, when we went there a few weeks ago, is the crispy spam slider. Yes, I said spam. Yes, this is the spam your grandmother used to give you. Yes, it is the spam in the gold can. They have an amazing spam slider that comes with cheese and pickled slaw for $2.50. But I will say you just can't have one. I only had one that night because I ordered a um, smoked salmon flat sourdough flatbread, which was ah so good. But um, the Savam sliders, you need that in your life. So pop into Savoy Society and order that ASAP. Um, a drink I had there. Let me go back. What was that drink called? Hmm. Oh, Eyes Without a Face. Classic Billy Atul. Eyes without a face. Da, 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 da. But anyways, I love these 80s themes. Ugh, it's just giving me life. Which is tequila, carrot, ginger, orange, curacao, and tamarind. Delicious. It's like a sexy V8. It doesn't taste like V8, but I'm just saying with a carrot, it reminds you of V8. So check out Savoy Society. Um down on 102 East Liberty Street in the Drayton Tower building. Oh, did I cover everything I was going to talk about? Oh, yes. So now we're to music near the end of my ramble. But um, a new song I heard this week was by Haley Reinhardt. If you're not familiar with her, she auditioned for American Idol. I think she made it, but she didn't make it that far. If I'm not mistaken, I don't, I quit watching American Idol after Ruben Stutter won, truth be told, because that shit just seemed fake to me. But, <laughs> um, but she didn't stop there. She ended up joining Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, who I absolutely love. They create a fresh vintage spin on today's hits, yesterday's hits, or whenever, and they put on an amazing show. Um, I first saw her there and my first time seeing postmodern jukebox back when their tickets were cheap and it was standing room only. I like sat, I stood there and cried. (laughs) I'm not a crier. Something about concerts. I just get emotional. Same with fireworks. That's another discussion for another day. I don't want to talk about it, but, um, her song is called honey. There's a door. It's really cute, trippy, vintage. It just sounds so good. So check it out. Uh, it's streaming on all platforms. And also, if you follow her, if you go to her Instagram page, she has the actual video on there. Or you can YouTube it. I mean, hell, you have plenty of ways to get the video. Another good recommendation for the week is um, I call him my modern day 
Nat King Cole, and that is Leon Bridges. I may sound a little old when I say that, but if you look at Nat King Cole, you look at Leon Bridges, it's it's the it's the millennial version. It I mean that's what it is. But um he released a song, he released his album, his album from last year called um Bad News, I believe. I think it was called Bad News. But um the the title song of the album, Bad News, it is such a vibe. Oh, it's so good. It's one of those songs you need to pick me up you're getting dressed to go somewhere you need to get some work done you need some good you know get to it music that is one to check out so check out Haley Reinhardt's Honey There's a Door Leon Bridges Bad News I have to sneeze <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me I'm not sure how to edit this out but we're just going to keep it rolling so next I want to give you suggestions for a playlist if you need, you know, songs to add to your playlist. For a cleaning playlist, there's nothing like bounce mixes. <laughs> I love New Orleans bounce music. Anytime I want to clean up the house, I put on New Orleans bounce. Big Frida. Side note, if you did not catch Big Frida um, over uh, in, at the end of October... At Victory North, you missed out on a show. Oh my God, Big Frida was amazing. But um, but back to my mix. Now this particular mix is by Major Major on a track. He took Tina Marie's song, classic classic song, out on a limb, and remixed it. Yes, look that up. Major on a track. Uh, M-A-J-A-H space O-N-N-A space T-R-A-K-K major on the track out on a limb and I am an auntie and I act like one too because I don't have time for this foolishness so you gotta have a good auntie playlist when you just wanna like chill and you know just have a vibe and Sunday chill out so I recommend this week, Freddie Jackson. <laughs> you are my lady. That is such an auntie song you need in your life. I remember my mom had a Freddie Jackson tape that she played all the time. And that's also at the time when MC Hammer came out and Can't Touch This. And I remember that tape. I played that tape so much till the ribbon in the tape came out. <laughs> I knew every song on the MC Hammer um, tape. And I was so upset when my mom went to see him in concert and I couldn't go. But then uh, later on in life, you know, she's like, there are more kids than adults. Even better for me to have went. But, you know, as an adult, I get it. Why you don't take kids to concerts because you don't want to has to put up with the hassle of keeping up with little ones. It's cool. Now I'm childless. I go to as many concerts as I can possibly fit into my schedule and I love it. I have no regrets. So that's pretty much it for me this week. Uh, one life lesson I said I want to leave everyone with was treat yourself, man. The holidays are here. You're putting that pressure on yourself that you got to get everybody a gift. Let me tell you, how many people are in her shop for for Christmas? Not 
one. <laughs> I've been so busy. I will do shopping after the holidays. I just don't have the strength or the willpower or the will to go Christmas shopping. And tomorrow's Christmas Eve. So um, you get me for Christmas. Like, hey, I am your gift. You're welcome. <laughs> but that is all for me. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to talk about New Year's Eve. Hey, y'all, there are plenty of events going on in Savannah. Um, I'm just going to do a quick run run through of it. Congress Street Up, they have free admission in for their their New Year's Eve bash. It's free, but you must make reservations. Jazz is doing a party like it's 1999. Sort of be like a prince-ish theme. So dress in your best 90s apparel. I know for sure it's $170 per couple. That includes dinner, reserve seating, um, in and out access if you want to hop around downtown and then come back. Uh, it also includes your champagne toast at midnight. I know all this stuff because I was just there Thursday. But um, check them out. The Alita, uh, I think this is going to be a pretty... Oh, never mind. It is sold out. But... If you were to have bought your tickets, if, well, first off, you would have got there. If you would have got tickets early, it would have been ninety dollars. Then it went up to one twenty, but now it's completely sold out. They have open bar in the Ret with premium wells, specialty cocktails, draft beer and wine. Open bar in the Lost Square with premium wells, specialty cocktails, draft and wine. They have a champagne fountain. How many people can top that? I don't know many. Plus a DJ, fireworks of um views of river street so unfortunately that's sold out sorry if you was like damn that sounds good i don't know why i read it off knowing it was sold out but anyway we're keep moving on whitaker's is having something top deck um rick there's gonna be a rick james brown tribute at victory north on um new year's eve that sounds pretty fun uh it's a concert so i'm pretty sure they'll have Light hors d'oeuvres and everything at that event. Uh, the Grove, City Market, of course, River Street for sure, the Bohemian. Um, if you want to stay on the island, Lilies, the Westin, uh, all kinds of places. Savannah Theater, the Mansion, the Peregrine at the Perry Lane, Savannah Waterfront. I mean, there's going to be a party everywhere. Um, unfortunately, this year I've heard that Wet Willie's isn't dropping the big cup. So, I mean, that sort of dampers the fireworks, which I've never seen the big cup drop because I'm always gigging. Unfortunately, my band won't be at any public events. We're playing at the landings um, for their medallion ball or whatever it's called. It's a huge event. It's going to be crazy. I will do some um, shots from there, but... That is all for me today. Take care of yourselves. Treat yourself. Go out and, you know, get a manicure. Get a pedicure. Get your hair did. Whatever Missy said. Uh, enjoy yourself this holiday season. Write some goals down for next year. Um, I, I, This podcast wasn't supposed to arrive this early because I had something else planned that I wanted to launch at the beginning of the year. But, you know, sometimes... You have to move when life tells you to move. And I was like, okay, God, I'm listening. I will do this first, and then I will work on the next project, which I'm not going to disclose yet. I don't like to disclose things until they are set in stone. So 
look out for that. Sometime next year is going to happen come hella high water. <laughs> but make those mini goals, mini, mini goals, like tiny little three-month goals, six-month goals, nine-month goals, 12-month goals. Eventually, whatever you're working toward, you will get there. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just telling you, you know, work at it. Do something with your life. But that is all for me today. I will see you all next week as I prepare for my New Year's Eve reflections episode. But until then, take care, everybody. Bye.